Trolls footy done and dusted for another year and the Supercoach 365 podcast back for another episode tonight. Ryan and Tommy here to dissect everything from the second week of trials. The preseason challenge, we have our inaugural winner, Tommy. It's all wrapped up and now all eyes on round one. Yeah, good day, Ryan. Thank God for that, to be honest. Uh, obviously, it's a really good insight into some Supercoach, I guess, happenings across the season, but I was finding it hard just to sit through 80 minutes of trial match footy. Thankfully, nine days away from the start of the regular season. What do you make of the final week? We'll, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about certain players coming up on the show tonight, and a, a big show. Uh, but very quickly, just looking at the teams, obviously Manly, the winners of that preseason challenge, and they were probably one of the more impressive teams in the second week. Yeah, they were really good. Um, I don't think many people coming into this season were that excited about them. And look, obviously, we're going to say this a few times tonight, but it was just a trial. But they did look quite good, and that's with Turbo to come back. Uh, South also looked pretty good, I thought. A few dodgy performances, which we might touch on shortly also, though. Yeah, we'll get into that, and obviously uh, we'll have our yay or nay. It's back for a second week, and we'll do our news and everything else coming up tonight. Special edition tonight, though. We don't often talk a lot of draft, but we will get into our top 10. Uh, a lot of uh, super coaches this weekend will sit down like you and I will, and they'll have their uh, home league drafts, and it's arguably the, the best weekend on the calendar. So I know you and I are both looking forward to that. We'll give our top 10 coming up at the back end of the podcast. So stick around for that between now and then, though. Uh, actually a reminder before we dive into the news turn on your notifications and subscribe to the podcast if you are listening on your podcast apps uh, why not head over and give us a review Uh, although if you are on YouTube you can give us a thumbs up and uh, leave a couple of comments in the comments section and uh, we'll get back to those over the coming week Uh, Top Sport of course they're back on deck for another season in 2023 and proud to have their support uh, and a big thank you to Tristan and the team up at Top Sport uh, we'll look at the futures markets probably this time next week, Tommy and Teamless Tuesday, and maybe uh, throw out another season multi like we did this time last year and hopefully find some value for the uh, listeners, for the punters. Yeah, a bit of PTSD when you mentioned that. I was so close last year to it. What would have been a good collect and probably a good collect for our listeners as well, but maybe we can go again this year. Hopefully we can. And yeah, no better time to sign up to Top Sport. Use the code SCOACH365 when you do so, and as always, Gamble responsibly just on that PTSD. Yeah, I, I, it's almost <laughs> fitting that the first game of the year is Eels and uh, Melbourne Storm because that was the one that broke our hearts last year. So we do it all again and at Combank Stadium all the same. Exactly right. I remember we, uh, we actually went to that game and we were big Storm fans that night, but uh, not to be, unfortunately, but onwards and upwards. Okay, let's move on to this, though. Uh, obviously, uh, new fo- new season, new focus, and plenty of news coming out. And unfortunately, some bad news for Taylor May and the Penrith Panthers, and they'll head into uh, their new season without one of their best prospects from uh, 2022. Uh, he's done his ACL, but uh, when they say when one door opens, uh, well, one door shuts, the window opens, and uh, the window of opportunity for uh, the young Taruva to take his place in his Panthers team, or so we think. Yeah, so we think. Um, I think everyone in the next seven days will be, especially for draft players, if you're doing your draft before Teamless Tuesday, you'll be trying to get a gauge as to if Taruva is going to get the start or not. Uh, it, everything points to the fact that he will. I think his inclusion in the World Club Challenge team is a pretty big hint there. But yeah, Taylor May, he was going to be out, I think it was for the first two rounds as it was anyway, but now he's out for the year, so it's a, it's a bit of blow to him. And I think it's a bit of blow to Penrith as well. Yeah, they just seem to lose a, a whole heap without him there. And obviously, he's a winger. You think they're somewhat replaceable. But 
some of his finishes last year, they, they were better than what I guess the average winger could do. But it, it is that next man up system out there. It's uh, at Penrith, isn't it? So he gets his chance to, to Ruver and for super coaches that to their delight, he gains the centre wing eligibility. And we saw that today. I don't know if you can hear these kids screaming in the background. Apologies if you can. They're not mine. Um, the joys of uh, living uh, in the suburbs. Uh, Taruva gains a centre wing eligibility, and that obviously helps us. We sat here this time last week and saying, if he had it, would we have him? And now he does. So maybe we, we saw this coming a little bit, you and I. Well, yeah, the, the big question I had from today's news about Taylor May was I, I, I assume Taruva will get the spot, but will he go to the left or could this open the, the door for Brian Tyler to go back to the left where he was so dominant? you know, in 2020 and 2021. Uh, what's your take on that? I don't know. I'll be truthful. I've got no idea. Whether or not he will, would I like to see it? Yeah, most probably because you know that you know, Cleary, that right-to-left pass, Luai, Kikau was that man who sort of attracted defenders and opened up the door for Isaac Tango. And last year, Taylor, mate, that could be Brent or this year. So... Uh, we look forward to that, if that is Brian. But um, just along with that news of uh, Sunia Tariva gaining that centre wing eligibility, there was about 11 others who got it as well. You want to quickly run us through the list and maybe pick out one or two who you think we may be able to find some more value off? Yes, there was a big big dump of them today. I thought we waited usually until a few rounds into the year to do this, but nonetheless, um, Tarpanay's got a 2RF slot as well as FRF now. Ponga to 5'8", which I suppose makes sense as he's going to be there for the whole season, we think. Avrilo to CTW, Tamari Martin, 5'8", as well. Finua Pole, if you're going for a cheapie, he's 2RF, along with Mitch Barnett and TPJ. I thought he would have already been a 2RF as well as FRF. And then Gerbo, FRF, Kepi, 2RF, and KO Weeks as fullback. I think I mentioned a few times on this podcast if... If uh, Tavoyevich does go down at any stage of the year, fingers crossed he doesn't, uh, K.O. Weeks is the next man up there, according to Coach Anthony Seabold. So that could come in handy uh, if he does go down. Yeah, and he's put on a whole heap of size, K.O. Weeks. Go back, and if I mean, this is if you rugby league guru territory, but if you want to go back and watch this kid's junior reps highlights, just type in K.O. Weeks highlights, you'll see him. He would have been about 70 kilos, ringing wet. He'd be close to 100 now. Uh, so he's packed on plenty of size. He's got the speed. He's got the skill. And he's got the uh, the all-important rat's tail, which uh, <laughs> he and Tola Cooler and just about anyone else in that manly backline seem to have. Uh, um, uh, someone you mentioned there, Tavita Pangai Jr. Unfortunately for him, we won't even probably get to use that eligibility to start the season because he's out for the next three to four weeks potentially. And does that open the door for some of those other names? It is a stacked forward line that, that they do have there with Max King, Ryan Sutton, and Luke Thompson, who themselves are all dual eligible as well. So plenty of options there for the dogs. Yeah, there is. And I don't know if that helps their individual supercoach prospects and scores, I guess, because maybe there's too many cooks in the kitchen, if you will. But I think Ryan Sutton was named on the bench in that trial last weekend, which was seemed like a true indication of what that team was going to be like. TPJ out, though, maybe does open up a slot. Um, just while we're on news, uh, a bit of breaking news. You heard it here first on Supercoach365. Wow. Joshy Schuster is out of round one with a calf injury. So that's big news considering we only have round two bye. So yeah. might make people think twice about the Even though he's so cheap, you're not going to be able to use him for a few weeks. Okay. So I want just going back to KO Weeks, as I said, I said this last week as well, I wonder if he then... 
goes to the halves. He is a half by trade coming through the junior reps, although perhaps Lockie Croker then goes to six uh, and uh, Gordon Chan Kam Tong. Uh, mm-hmm. another one of their junior rep stars comes in and, and fills a void at dummy half. So uh, we'll watch that one with open eyes. I wish I knew that 10 minutes ago because we've just made our graphics and we're going to yeah. do our team updates tonight as well. And I'm sure Josh Schuster would have fi- uh, figured in yours as he does mine. Uh, rounding out the news uh, for this episode at least, unless there's anything more breaking down the line from Tommy Widler, uh, <laughs> we've got Ryan Pappenhausen. He went on Triple M yesterday and told the rush hour that uh, the the ambitious targets that he'll be back in round six to eight or thereabouts they're probably improbable um so it's going to make it even more interesting this friday night for you and i and plenty of others as we say where does ryan pappenhausen go in the draft and when does he come back to footy yeah i feel like the whispers around nrl circles for the past few months have been that he won't be back for a while and now it's sort of starting to come out in mainstream media and he's he's even uh confirmed that as well whether or not he's maybe trying to play down expectations of his return, I don't know, but I don't really see why he'd have a reason to lie. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we'll get into our top 10 in our draft later, but he's he's definitely not in mine. It's just if he's going to be missing for at least a third of the season, I just can't have it. The thing that gets me with Paps is he's, he just doesn't want to come back. And you listen to every interview he's done, either before going over to the US or you know when he was there or since he's come back. He always says, I don't just want to come back and put the jersey on. He says he wants to come back to his best. And there's, there's two, very, uh, two very different things, I think, coming back, racing to get back, mm. and, and being in your Clive Churchill medal-winning form, which we know he has in him. Well, when he came back, was it last season or the season before? I think it was 2021. And he started on the bench all those times, and he was getting yeah. lower scores. I wonder if he wants to avoid that this time. Like you're saying there, if he wants to come back and just be getting, you know, 100 on Supercoach every week. But it's such a massive risk. And in Classic, obviously, you're not going to start with him. I think the 1% owned, which maybe the 1% have never opened the newspaper. I don't know. But <laughs> you wouldn't be having him. No, no chance. You just wait till the buy period and maybe he'll, be a, maybe he'll be a little pod then. Yeah, the 1% picked their teams last July uh, before he injured his knee. For the next season, they haven't taken him out. All right, let's leave that uh, there for the news and let's get back into this. We had plenty of fun with this last week and I'm sure you and I uh, are probably going to butt heads on a couple of these here again tonight. Yay or nay? We're going to need to get a little jingle done up here by Charlie Sheen <laughs> or someone uh, to, to throw to this in the season proper. All right, let's get into this. Uh, number one, Nathan Cleary's Ice in My Vein celebration. Obviously, this was a big result of the weekend. Penrith going down. I said they'd win by 30. They didn't win at all. Um, shows you how much you and I know, particularly me. Nathan Cleary's ice in my vein celebration. Yay or nay? You said no fence sitting. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the celebration is a nay. Not. I don't agree with the the argument that they're too arrogant, Penrith. I think it's a lot of what's the word? The boomers. You know, when people say that old people hate the young people. I think that's yeah. coming out here. I don't think people are used to the swagger and the confidence that, that these Penrith kids have. So every time they show it, I think it just offends um, a lot of fans. And I don't really know why. They've earned this respect. They've won two comps in a row. I'm only saying nay because I don't like the the celebration itself. It looks like he's sh- shooting up something else. So <laughs> not for me, that one. I'm, I'm a massive yay on this. I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, and I'm sure plenty of others, you know, will side with you and, and that's fine. Uh, I can see the connotations, and do we want the you know the kids at um, 
the junior leagues and stuff doing this? Probably not, you know, all right. But I think he's earned the right, Nathan Cleary. He's he's a match winner. He's uh, he's proven he's comes up with the big plays in the big moments. And for me, like that is sport. That's theatre. That's what gets people talking. Um, and if you see that in a big game at Origin, like you know that that becomes as iconic as anything else for me. So I'm a massive yes. It was a it was arguably the biggest kick of his career. Right, because I think in the grand finals they've won. He's never had to land a goal to either tie it or take them in front. That was the goal, right? He's probably lived his whole moment, his whole life for that moment as a goal kicker. So I'm all for it. I'm big in my American sports as well in the NBA and such. They celebrate anything. So I'm all for um, a match tying conversion in a game to become the world champions. I think it is just a, a culture clash in a way. Like like you said, the American sports it's it's common for the marquee players to have that arrogance if you will that level of smugness i guess and people love it over there but over in australia i don't think we're used to that and these young players from penrith are sort of showing us that and a lot of us don't know how to deal with it so i think in the years ahead as we continue watching these american sports it'll become more mainstream in australian sport more of it for me okay jordan rapana playing fullback uh I say yay or nay to this because he was put on report twice and I think in the space of about five minutes, he was sin-binned as well. The Raiders, obviously, as we said, how are they going to handle this uh, not having Xavier Savage there? They've lost Sean's nickel Klukstar to the Warriors. Jordan Rapana, he was the answer at least for uh, part of that game on Sunday afternoon against the West Tigers. But yay or nay, Jordan Rapana wearing the number one for the Raiders this season. Uh, unfortunately, it's a yay because I don't think we have anyone else. But... Like that's purely because he's the only person. Um, he's becoming a bit of a liability. I used to sort of defend him. People would call him a grub and whatnot, but he's just starting to get suspended and seem been way too often. And um, the one the other day was completely unnecessary in a trial match. So yeah, he's got to clean up his act. And hopefully, um, Ricky has told that to him. But look, in an ideal world, he wouldn't be our fullback. Yeah. But uh, probably is going to be. And I wonder how that impacts his super coach uh, prospects also. I'm saying nay, um, just because he was terrible, to be honest. And I think, he, much like I said before about Taylor May, he's a specialist winger. Like, he's so good at, at scoring those leaping tries. And even, um, I know the one that springs to mind was the one he didn't score against the Warriors in a couple of years ago when Roger came across and made that heroic save. But he got closer than I think any other Raider would have. And for me, he has to be on the wing for that reason. This is going to sound dumb but I think they need to think about putting Jack Whiten back there. And you can maybe run Frawley and Fogarty in the halves, or, or is it a young Schneider? I think Whiten's probably the best option at fullback, and he's got experience there as well. I'm sure Ricky's sort of that, and I have too. Like, I've always, since Whiten's gone to six, I've liked him there, but this is kind of a desperate time. I don't have any fullback. Uh, it'd be great to see Whiten go back. Maybe I would go Schneider and Fogarty in the halves, but... Yeah, look, I think from a supercoach point of view, none of these changes really make much of a difference to their scoring output. I don't think Rapana's relevant in classic, maybe in draft competitions as a, as a later pickup. Okay, Jordan Rapana was one fullback who struggled at the weekend. So too was Tyrell Sloan. Now, this one probably has a little bit more supercoach relevance. He's at that cheap price, less than 300k. Fullback, center wing eligible. Uh, obviously, the Dragons won't be there for round one with the bye. Um, but Tyrell Sloan, he may not be there at all going off what we saw. It was almost, um, I mentioned moments from the weekend. Cleary's is obviously the standout and it had some some positives for mine. And This was a real downer for me. Like seeing a kid break down in what is a glorified trial match 
it's sad, really. It just shows you how much he cares and how much pressure there are on these young talents. And we sit here talking about it with no fullback and, and no NRL experience. And just the, the, the golf in talent and in class that the Dragons are lacking this year was evident at the weekend, and he was a, a big part of that. Yeah, but it's funny. Seven days prior to that, he's playing in the All-Stars match. So yeah. I don't know what's going on at the Saints. I don't think they're sort of helping his confidence. And that's where the Yonai comes in here. Even though he's had all his errors, fullback in round two, yay or nay? Nay. I don't think he'll be there. I think Sullivan was good enough to get the sixth jersey, and I can see him by just getting that job ahead of him. Just They're already on the back foot, the Dragons, because with the Dolphins, they're probably the next favourites to win the wooden spoon. There's pressure on the coach. There's pressure on them to make the finals after their failure to do so last year. I think they're just going to revert to the tried and tested and buy it fullback, and let the young kid play uh, his favourite six role. Yeah, I'm probably nay as well. Um, I don't know what they should do because it's going to break his confidence yet again. How is he going to get any better if he continues to play in his last cup and then comes in every six weeks and knocks four balls on? Um, it's kind of sad. Like It was sad the other day, I agree. It was, it was when he cried at the end, not really what you want to see. So, look, it's between a rock and a hard place, unfortunately, for Stone. Maybe a, a change of scenery is what he needs. Yeah, get him up to the Dolphins. We'll take him. Uncle Wayne will give him a cuddle and he'll be he'll be all right. Okay, let's get this uh, rolling along. Trial week two recap. Who starred, who flopped, and who left us wanting more or who changed our mind? I'll kick us off here. Look, like a broken record, but I have to say, Jermaine Hopgood, just what he did in his minutes, his output uh, in that game last week, it only confirmed what I saw in week one, and he is an absolute super coach. Must have bold, italic, underlined, uh, there is no other way around it. If he's not 100% owned by round one, you may as well pick Ryan Pappenhausen because you're doing yourself a disservice by not having Jermaine Hopgood in your team. No, it was a big game for him. I was looking at uh, the stats the other night. I didn't see all of this game, but 16 runs for 120 metres. It's pretty good from a guy who we didn't really even know at the start of the offseason where he would be playing, as in if he'd be in the starting team or not. It looks like, a really, looks like he's almost locked in to that lock role at para. I don't know if I don't think I have him in my team at the moment. Maybe with Schuster now out, it could change things. But yeah, I'm agreeing with you. He's looking like pretty close to a must-have at the price. A couple of others who caught my eye as well, and I think they've probably caught the eye because my eyes were already on them. That's Matt Dury <laughs> and Kelmer Tuolangi, two players which we caught out here last week as players we wanted to see do well, and they did exactly that. Um, I think they both crossed for tries, and Kelmer may have even have had a try assist as well. So that manly left side. Although now without Josh Schuster, as we learned just moments ago, they were looking lethal, and he, he was only ever going to be the beneficiary of that. Yeah, he was, and I was pretty impressed too. He got that try. He did only run the ball six times. I don't know if that's a sign of things to come. Maybe without Schuster there on the left, who do we think gets that 5-8 spot? We said, could it be weeks, perhaps? I, then, I, I, I don't know. to see him throw weeks in, yeah. Yeah, okay. So then I don't know how his combination is with Tuolungi. But look, he's one I circled early in the preseason, and I was, I was happy with what I saw the other night. What else were you happy with? Just the first, the team I thought really impressed me was Cronulla Sharks. Um, last year, there were so many options in Supercatch. Obviously, Hines is the pick of the bunch. But you go through their back line with Ronaldo, Katoa, Ramey, and Talakai, all great options. They all just starred the other day uh, against the Bulldogs. They've treated that like a proper game. Mm. And they look like they're just going to start the season absolutely humming. And it just made me think, 
I want to start with a fair few Sharks players. They look good, didn't they? And much like um, the Penrith teams of recent years, they just seem to have depth in every single position, so they could go a long way, the Sharks, this year. Uh, anything else that, that caught your eye later in the week? Yeah, another little little mention, someone I didn't think I'd be praising, to be honest, but Kieran Foran, I thought he was awesome for the Gold Coast. Um, yeah. they've, they've been a team, obviously, who's lacked direction for years now, and he's an experienced head, uh, elder statesman of the game these days, and he showed it the other night. He guided them around very well. Not really sure how the Dolphins' defense like, wasn't good, let's be honest. But still, yeah. he picked them apart, and it was good signs for him going forward. Okay, who flopped? For me, it had to be that uh, battle for the, the Panthers' edge rolls. Uh, Hosking probably narrowly, I say narrowly, like very narrowly, uh, picked out Garner for mine as to who's probably in the pole position to take kick out slot. But I think they both were pretty disappointing. Uh, you can throw in the Dolphins for me there as well. I have to call a spade a spade. I think, though, with the Dolphins, like it was a bit of an over-exaggeration. That, that makeup of that team, I know it was close to what that will be for round one, but I don't think it will be. So there's time to make things better for the Dolphins, and Wayne will do that. Yeah, we'll touch on the Dolphins in a sec. I do agree with you about Garner and Hosking. I think Garner's getting that left roll. <sighs> Kikau was a pretty good scorer last year, but he's a barnstorming sort of runner. Maybe Garner's going to be used as more of a decoy man this year. Yeah. yeah. Surely there's another Kikau-esque prodigy which they have coming through. Like you think? What happened to Maverick Geyer? Yeah, I think he was injured back in the last year. I don't mm, know what he did. He okay. did something. But I just mean, like, you think Penrith, that's such a, a broad catchment area, and we've seen the success that they've had with the... Uh, Samoan boys and obviously a couple of others as well. Like the see strong Polynesian types. That there must be one in the works, and I'd be surprised if there's not one. Uh, that that, yeah. that is pretty close. Well, they mustn't, I guess. But I, I I agree with you. I don't know if Garner's the answer. He's a he's a fringe first grader maybe. But look, he he might do a job anyway. Um, my flopped was Haas. Um, we'll talk about Carrigan in a sec, and I think that's a big reason why. Um. Haas, I'm talking about Haas now. He only had, I think he had nine runs the other night, whereas Carrigan had 21. I don't want to steal your thunder about Carrigan, but he's Carrigan's the main man now. And I think Payne Haas, the days of him being, you know, a must-have in Supercoach, they look like they're over. We said this uh, way back in January, didn't we? I think we did our front row forward previews, and we questioned we had to put Payne Haas's name in just because he was Payne Haas, and he's been Payne Haas for his whole life he's always been paying off but you know <laughs> you know what i mean he's been that guy for like yeah, yeah since he made his debut really so um carrigan i would love him if he was 2rf frf eligible he i know he's not but i think that would just make him even better and, and he would nearly be in that bracket of if you're not starting with him why not so uh he he was the one who left me wanting more 20 plus runs 190 plus meters offloads uh, i think you have three or four of those uh, tackle busts, uh, a handful there as well. So he's a guy that um, you're picking him in your round one teams. I won't push back on it. No, he, he changed my mind as well. He could have been in this section for me. We'll see my time in a minute. He wasn't there a few days ago, but he may be now. Um, I think he had the most runs and involvements of any player, or not involvement, sorry, most runs across the whole round, uh, wow. Carrigan, from what I could see. So... That, like, that's a great sign for not only Broncos fans, but those who want to have uh, Carrigan in your team. My warning more slash change your mind 
I'm going back to the Dolphins. I had them in this section last week for positive reasons. Yeah. So I, I was watching on Sunday night expecting a bit more. I know you're saying that that's not their team, possibly, but, geez, there were some really ugly signs, I thought. Yeah, it wasn't good, was it? I was sitting there in my Dolphins even jersey. Cheapy, and... Sorry, even a cheapy like Jack Bostock, he let in four tries down his wing. Like, yeah. it's a bit, bit of a concern. It's not what you want from someone who's who we're hoping to get a start. The job security is shaky at best, let alone those sort of defensive reads. And I think he would have had at least three center partners in that one game, which doesn't make it easy. I think he, uh, he started with Brinko Lee, then it would have been Ewan Aitken, and then there was Valence Tafade. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're not having three right centers in a game. So I'm willing to sort of, a little bit of a forgive, but signs weren't, weren't too good. Okay, let's get into this. And obviously all of those points considered, our team updates. Now, for those who are watching on uh, the YouTube, you can see this. If you can't, and if you are watching, uh, rather listening on the podcast, we're going to read this out anyway. So stick with us and a little bit more visual tonight for those YouTube uh, viewers. Tommy, you want to kick us off here and we'll bring up your team as it is. Um, here they are on your screens now. New team name as well. So why don't you just trot that out for the listeners as well? Oh, it's working for 25 Savage, a bit of a play on 21 Savage. Keep going with these uh, singers, don't I? Doja Cats last year. Anyway. Um, Maybe Lizzo yeah, next but... year. You were big on Lizzo Maybe. last week. Maybe. <laughs> All about that base, Megan Trainer. That was another one that got in there. Anyway, um, Go on. down to the serious stuff now. Harry Grant, for sure, he's locked in. With Josh Hodgson, I'm pretty confident at the price. I'm happy to be with Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm... Not really going to change that, I don't think. Uh, Christian Welch and Yutokamanu. Yutokamanu's uh, trials have been pretty nice. Looks like he's going to get the spot in the Tigers' forward rotation. There's a lot of props at Tigers, which does worry me, but he's 319K. So as you can see, you know, forwards, uh, front row forwards is where I've tried to save a lot of money. Yep. And then 2RF, a bit more of a spend for Feeder and Carrigan. Carrigan's performance on the weekend was, it changed uh, my mind. As we said in the previous segment, I think he's not a must-have, but his output's going to be huge. Yeah. For feeder, there's that upside there, which always scares me not having him. And he, he had 15 runs the other night, which is pretty good by his standards. He's, he's Just on for feeder quickly, his stats, and I think this was either on the um, Bloke podcast or R- Rugby League Guru himself, I think they said he had... Just a three tackle bus for 170 meters. So this was the thing, and it's the reason why I still don't have Fafita. We just always wanted to see that work. Now suddenly we're seeing it, and we're probably mm. if, if all of those things considered. If he's getting that that meters and having try assists uh, without those sort of tackle busts and offloads, and that he could be underpriced. Yeah, but he could easily go back into old ways as well. I, I do have him, but I'm more than prepared to, you know, sell him in round four if he's doing nothing. Yep. Um, Schuster's there at the moment, but as we said at the top of the show, he's out for obviously at least the first two rounds of the year. So he might have to go. Um, just quickly on my bench, sorry, Franklin Pelle and Enough in the front row. And then Matt Dury, Teague, and Steer Wong. So there's a few no names there as well. You say uh, enough. You say enough there at front row forward. Give him some credit. Isaac Fa'asul Maliawi. If ever there's a bloke going to get a debut, 
It could be the <laughs> captain's brother. Let's come on, give him some credit. 200k, not the worst shout. There's not a, a not a lot of front row forwards there at the rock bottom price who are in with a sniff. He looked okay in the trial, and as I sort of said, you can just say, hey, bro, give me a debut this weekend. <laughs> Look, I think I was just scared to say his last name, so I went with enough. Uh, halfback, Nico Hines and Sam Walker. I've opted against Hines and Cleary. Uh, maybe next week we can talk a little bit more about who we'd go out of Hines and Cleary or if we go both, but I'm happy with Sam Walker as maybe a little bit of a pod. 5'8", Munster and Dewey, pretty sold on both of those guys. Uh, CTW, I've gone two big guns, Holmes and Farnworth. Farnworth maybe a bit of a point of difference. Uh, I'm pretty keen on his involvement at Broncos. Yep. And then other than those two, I've gone five cheapies. So that none of them are over 270K. Uh, yeah. Taruva, Carm Pereira, Alamotti, Bostock, and Warbrick. My plan at the moment is to kind of just rotate them with who has the best fixtures, but we'll see how that goes. And then we'll end up with uh, Turbo and Teddy as the fullbacks. But look, this time next week, it might be a little bit different once we have team lists. Yeah, it'll be very different. I, I dare say next Tuesday afternoon, you and I sit here, we'll do this again. Uh, you got the popular fullbacks, Teddy and Turbo. I think that's just about a lock. Like most people will be running with those two. The question, I, I love Val. I've always loved Val. 2016 Premiership winner. Uh, Herbie Farnworth. I think Herbie's in for a massive year. The only thing which scares me is his first two games. I think away to Penrith, potentially the Cowboys round two. You could probably tell me, but uh, I just was the feeling. My gut instinct tells me you could probably wait two or three weeks on Herbie, but I don't hate it because if you're going to keep him, you're going to keep him the whole year. I don't think Broncos have a buy until round fifteen, so there's there's upside there with Herbie. The question that that will be on not only my mind now, but anyone and everyone who's putting these center wing cheapies together, is is this a viable tactic? Can we run with Five genuine cheapies there. Because, I mean, realistically, if they didn't score more than 30, you wouldn't be shocked. Um, because they're going to be re- relying on tries, all of these guys. There's no real out-and-out base guys. Taruva maybe at 275k, the exception. We know he can bust the tackle. Yeah, I'm hoping maybe Alamotti as a centre could be. I, I don't really know, though. Let's be honest. He hasn't even debuted or he hasn't played many games anyway. And Carl Pereira looked like... A try scoring machine, but I don't think he has much base either. So you are right; it could bite me in the butt, but I just don't know where else to save the money. That, yeah. That's I just really want to spend it in those key positions. Yeah, you've gone large, and obviously two. Uh, you can call them guns, can't you? For Feder and Carrigan in the two RF, Nico Hines, he's a must as well as um, I mean, he is a genuine must. Uh, Cameron Munster. That's a bit of a pod play in itself because most combinations that I've seen that I've tinkered with myself when putting teams together, they've featured definitely one of two of Adam Dewey and Matt Burton mm-hmm. and Tom Dearden, as, as I'll get to in a moment. Um, but you've gone, you've gone large at 5'8", Cameron Munster and Adam Dewey, two players that probably, you know, if they finish one and two in this list at the end of the year, you wouldn't be shocked. What is Munster last year averaged 80. I don't see why that's going to change this year, to be honest. Yeah. Um, they look pretty strong coming into the year, Melbourne. If I know Pappy's out, but I don't think that hurts Munster, really. It might even help in a way because he can maybe get his hands even more on the ball. So, look, I'm just happy to be with the class horse in the race, basically. And very quickly before we push on, uh, you've gone Sammy Walker at halfback. I think this is going to be a talking point as well. He has a great couple of first weeks. His goal kicking, is, he, he's going to be relying on his goal kicking. Mm. For, um, and it has improved, but it's still not 
elite goal kicking and you're hoping that he's on the back of 10 conversions against the Dolphins in round one and another five or six against the Warriors the next week. He's going to need to slot most of them. It really was just those first two fixtures which got him over the line and needing to go someone a bit cheaper than Cleary. But I've never been the biggest Sam Walker fan in the last two seasons when he's, since he's debuted. But I don't know. I just think there's a few boxes being ticked at the start of the year and we'll get a look at him anyway. $17,700 in the bank. So a little bit of wiggle room there come next Tuesday if you want to stick with something similar and maybe upgrade one of your bench uh, cheapies there. Other cheapies you've got on your bench, just quickly, you may as well round that out. I think you've got Matt Dury, Mason Teague of the Dolphins. He's been one of their more impressive options. Uh, he could score that 17th jersey. At worst, 18th man. I think he's got to be there somewhere. And uh, Sia Wong, Josh Wong from the Roosters. So he'll be a popular get as well. Anything else there you want to uh, say before we push on? Not really. Um, fingers crossed all these players are in there starting 13s and 17s next Tuesday, I guess. Yeah, of course. We'll obviously do this again next week with our final teams, inverted commas, uh, heading into next Thursday. And like we did last year on our socials, uh, at Lockout, or an hour before lockout on a Thursday night, we'll post up our teams in full, as well as our best captain options as well. Uh, you've obviously got Turbo. Uh, I don't know if you put any thought into this as it is at the moment, but you've got Turbo Vice and Nico C. Is that how you'll play it in round one? Yeah, that's. I, I have actually thought about it. Uh, Turbo plays Saturday Arvo, and then Hines about four hours later. So maybe try work a loophole there. We'll see how we go. Okay, I'm going to just hold that thought on Turbo. We're going to come back to Turbo. It's interesting you've gone Turbo on your field rather than Teddy. I'm going to throw mine up here now uh, on your YouTube screens, and I'll probably start at the top as well at dummy half. Harry Grant as well. I tried to get Robbo in here, and we sat here last week, and Jake Granville was getting the role at 14, and it just worries me a little bit there. that He could easily come off and... Yeah, I want an 80-minute hooker. There's none better than Harry Grant. Sonny Luke. Now, he didn't play in that World Club Challenge the other day. I think that they need his spark. They lost that middle. He he is as much as uh, a defensive option as he is uh, that electric spark. And I think they're going to need that there with no appy. Mitch Kenny just doesn't have that same sort of pick-up-and-go uh, like Sonny Luke does and has. So they're my two hookers for now. Uh, my front row, now I've gone a little bit bigger here than what you have in terms of spend. Uh, Ruben Cotter. It hurts that he's not dual, but I'm happy to run him at front row. I, I think the way that he plays the game, it is like no one else at front row forward. He probably doesn't have the offload in him like a Tino or like a Joey Tarpane, but I just think he will play... Massive minutes and coming off a couple of injuries last year. If he stays fit and healthy, he could push 70, 72 average. So he's there for me. And Christian Welch as well. I think he'll be a popular get at the front row slot. $464,000 and he has that offload, which I love from front rowers. On my bench, Sean Kepi and Tom Arley at front row forward. Yeah, um, I agree with you about Cotter. I he was just a bit out of my price range for a front row forward, but he's someone I love watching on Supercoach. He pretty much just ticks over the points. He works so hard when he's on the field. He gets his hands on the ball a lot. Um, my biggest question from so far, from what you've said so far is, Sonny Luke, if next Tuesday he's named in Jersey 14, is he just out of your team? No, I don't think it, I don't think that matters to me. Uh, what is he, okay. 230 or 250K? So you're essentially running one hooker probably in your team. Yeah. And like, uh, let 
well, one scoring hooker. Well, I don't know. I think maybe we're not crediting Sonny Luke enough. I think he's going to get more minutes than we think. Like he yeah. could come off the bench and play f- the last fifty. You know, Kenny takes a sting out of it early, and then Sonny just comes on. I, I, I'm hoping that's the case anyway. It's a shame we didn't get to see uh, that from him last week, just to really shore that up. I would be a lot more confident if I saw that against St. Helens. To my second row forwards, uh, Teague Wilton, someone who I just feel like he is a try-scoring threat at back row. We saw that against the Dogs. He got a double. We saw it on occasions last year for the Sharks and in 2021 as well. He has to be there. I obviously had Josh Schuster and Jermaine Hopgood in my starting 2RF. Now, I've gone really light here compared to what you have at second row forward. It worries me a little bit. But on the bench, I have what I think will be three scoring players in Ray Stone, Matt Dury, barring that injury, and Ben Murdoch-Masilla. I don't love Benny Murdoch-Masilla, but I just think at that price, dual position, second row, front row, I just got to have him. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I've probably gone bi- obviously bigger names in this spot, but you, with those names, you could probably eke out you know three or four good scores every week. Yeah. I think T. Wilton's a good buy at the price. He's someone I would consider if I manage my money a little bit differently because at that range, he's like one of the better options. And it's particularly in draft. I think he'll be, well, everyone seems to be talking about him now. So maybe he won't be someone people sleep on. But uh, yeah. yeah, it looks to be his sort of breakout year, Wilton. Raystone there as well, an interesting one. I said here last week, don't get rid of Raystone just because he's off the bench. I think he's still got a 50-plus minute game in him. He's in every tackle. He's a bit like Cotter, probably not as explosive like, and not as a uh, an attacking, try-scoring sort of threat, but he is just what the Dolphins need. They need three Raystones in the middle of the field. They've only got one. And, and Gilbert, another big name which you don't see here, which I have been big on in the past, I can't pick him. Oh, mm. I haven't been impressed by, by Tommy Gilbert, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think it's a little bit too expensive. When you can get, I think Stone's, what, 100 or 200K less? Yeah. You're either going with Stone for sure. Now, something that you and I have both done here, which, um, you know, you asked this in January. I think we said Nathan Cleary was a must-have. Jeez, we threw that term out early, didn't we? Um, he's not a must-have for mine anymore anyway. So I've got Nico Hines at halfback. Jerome Hughes at the backup seven. I will play Hughes weekly. The way I'm looking at this is if I'm desperate to get to Nathan Cleary after that round three bye. So I think they have two games, Penrith, and then a round three bye. And then they're back round four. So if Cleary comes out and goes 100, 100, I'm, I'm close enough at 700K there that come round four, mm-hmm. I can do a, you know, a, two, uh, a two trade rather than needing to trade boost. I'm not going to have to sell the farm to get Cleary in. Hughes is just that little bit closer. It's only 30K more than uh, Sammy Walker, but that could be all the difference in the end. Yeah, I like it. And I like the Storm this year. So I think Hughes, not just financially, I think he'll actually score pretty well. So I like Hines as well. As I said, I've got him. I think the biggest question mark heading into this year is do you run Hines Cleary? And all the teams I'm seeing, or a lot of teams I'm seeing aren't doing that. And I've tried to make teams with Hines and Cleary, and it's just so bloody hard. You have to go pretty cheap elsewhere. So, plus the Panthers buy in round three, like you say, it's a pretty big factor. Just on Hughes, so obviously they have the away game to kick us off in round one against the Eels. But after that, I think it sort of opens up a little bit straight away. So they're back at home round two against the Bulldogs, who, as we saw, there's plenty of hype around the Dogs, but they still conceded 40 last week uh, against the Sharks. Then a Saturday afternoon game, round three, uh, they go to the Gold Coast. 
for Hughes. He obviously was a former Titan. Rugby league love stories, Tommy will say it every week. Uh, Jerome Hughes in the sun of the Gold Coast, round three. Uh, yeah, sign me up for that. Then they're back at home, round four against the Tigers. So, I mean, th- three of those games there, he'd be happy to be running Hughes. If he busts, then yeah, are you flipping to Cleary? I love the narratives we create, hey. We see a good game on paper and all of a sudden it's in the sun. Like, it could be pissing down. Right 35 degrees, yeah, sunny Gold yeah. Coast. Anyway. No, nah, look, I agree with you. I like Hughes, especially in my pick where I am on draft. He could be an option for me as well. So I like Hughes, definitely. Okay. Yeah, let's not overcomplicate Nico Hines. We've said enough about Nico. We will continue to say plenty about Nico Hines. Now... This is a bit pod territory, and this is a massive play, I think, at the moment. So, Tommy Dearden, I'm, I'm big on the Cowboys. I love their left side. Tommy Dearden, I'm going to back in this year till the Cowboys come home. <laughs> so, I'm going with Tommy Dearden, 3% owned. Now, a name which we haven't mentioned a whole heap of, but I think there's value here. AJ Brimson at 5'8", dual position eligible. So, Turbo goes down. It's a one-trade option. You know, you can flick AJ, um, AJ down and maybe get in a, you know, one of those other five eights, and maybe cushion the blow around the pod. But AJ Brimson playing fullback for the Titans, but five eight eligible. I love this. I love it. I think he can average seventy plus at five eight. Yeah, look, not the names I expected to see. Why? Sorry, I did expect to see Dean. Oh, I don't know. Is it hard for me to think that could last year have been a fluke for Dean, or is he just really good? I, I don't know. We'll see. I don't think I could have him when there's options in a similar price range as Dewey and Burton, who are maybe a little bit more proven. But, hey, you love the Cowboys draw, as you said many times. So, like, back your gut there, definitely. Uh, Brimson, yeah, well, that's from left field for sure. Um, Playing fullback, but you have him in the 5'8 slot. His ceiling on Supercoach in the past has been pretty good. Uh, he's had a few injuries the last few years, which has held him back. He's been playing different positions all the time. Yeah. Um, if they could stay a bit more, I guess, stable, the Titans this year, he could have a really good season. I think that left side is going to be so damaging. So you think four, and we saw how good he was the other day. You can either hit firm or short, bang. Uh, AJ Brimson out the back. The hole's opened up. He goes through. Or it's, hey, AJ, here's the ball. Go yourself or hit um, AKP on the wing. Uh, that's that's a, a, I'm trying to get that flowing in the Supercoach vernacular. AKP, of course, <laughs> Cam Pereira. I think Brimson can can do wonders for the Titans, and Foran certainly will help that to happen. Before Sunday night when Titans beat Dolphins, were you thinking of Brimson? No. Because are we maybe reading too much into the Titans beating up on a poor Dolphins team? That's the only thing I'm worried yeah. about. Because I said Foran was good, but... They probably weren't playing the best opposition. I think, though, that there's just ceiling there. The fact he's a fullback, like, you're not going to get that out of a lot of these other 5'8s. Like, don't get me wrong, didn't, um, sorry, rather, Dewey and Burton, yes, they're goal-kicking 5'8s, which uh, Brimson's not. Like, they obviously have that increased, you can almost call out their base, they're going to be kicking goals, but I don't know, I'm happy to run the risk, at least have a look the first couple of weeks. So that's my 5'8s in the center wings. Valentine Holmes. Again, a goal-kicking option, and I'm hoping the Cowboys are kicking plenty. Joseph Suali'i, Greg Marju, and Paul Alamotti. So there are my starting center wings. Going a little bit more heavy there in the spend as well, compared to yourself. Marju, tackle-busting freak, and a try-scoring option for the Knights down that left side. Suali'i, we know what he can do. I, I'm, I'm not entirely sold here. Perhaps I'll go to Tupo. I just want to see how he starts the year, Suali'i. And if he's the decoy, 
and you know mm. it's Teddy to to Tupo, or if it's Teddy short to Joseph. Um, I'll have to see that one. And then the bench probably makes up itself, and you can probably consider Alamotti a part of this bench because I'm going to rotate them much like you are. Alamotti, Khan Pereira, Will Warbrick, and Zach Sini at the moment at 200k if he's there for round one. Yeah, this year, I mean, it's usually the case, but this year especially, there's so many cheapies around 200 or bottom cheapies that are going to play in the yeah. CTW slot. So you're spoiled for choice there. And, you know, we've both gone, I've gone five, you've gone four CTWs who are rock bottom price. So it might be a, a popular sort of um, strategy this year. Your big guns, though, yeah, I like Val Holmes, obviously. Uh, you've said, as we said before, the Cowboys draw is great. Goal kicker. I think he's the best CTW this year to have. Uh, Suali'i, uh, I wouldn't have gone there personally. I don't know how he's going to go at centre. Like you alluded to there, you know, it's a bit of a watch, wait and yeah. see. But, I mean, you needed probably some Roosters flavour in your team, considering they have such a good start to the year. Uh, and Mazu, it's hard to argue with his performance the other night. looked great. Um, I guess it's just if he can keep his errors and miss tackles down and... He's got enough attacking output. It's just probably other parts of the game, I guess. Yeah, he does need tries, but I think even around that, his worst game at centre without a... Oh, sorry, rather wing, but centre wing. He's probably a 50, and you know what? I'd, you, you bank that. Um, but yeah, uh, Suwali'i there in the, in the centre wing option. For me, I think he's just one of those players, much like Joey Manu. He can go roaming. Uh, they can put him on the wing for a center or for a set. Um, he can come in, take it up. So yeah, that's that's sort of why I've gone there. Fullback, it goes without saying, really. James Tedesco, who I do have the captaincy on here for round one against the Dolphins, and Tom Travojevic there at fullback as well. So yeah, I think that's going to be the the two popular picks at fullback. Nico Hines, the vice captain, as it is for round one, but a tough game for the Sharks on paper at least against the Rabbits at Shark Park. Yeah, it is. Uh, I just, I think we both loved how Hines has gone about the trials so far. Uh, he's just looked somewhat elite, hasn't he? He's turned. I was probably going to go with Cleary until two weeks ago, and now I'm just like, wow. Just a quick one on the fullbacks. Uh, we've both gone Teddy. Yep. For 50k more, you could get Latrell, who averaged five more points last year. Why have we both gone Teddy? You've said it yourself, haven't you? It's that those first two weeks, and I think. We've said at different stages last year, we don't want to be playing Supercoach without James Tedesco. And a stat from the, uh, the, the weekly rubdown guys over on the, the Wire podcast, a, a collaboration between themselves and the Rugby League Guru, or they pull out that stat about uh, there's only been one player in the last five years who's consistently been in the top five scorers come the year's end. And who was it? It was James Tedesco with an 80-plus average or, or thereabouts most years. So you know what you're getting from Teddy and Turbo. Here's the gamble there, like... And at the price, you're happy to gamble on Turbo. Yeah, absolutely. Just to paint a picture of what other people are doing. So Teddy is 42% owned. He's the highest owned fullback, even higher than Tommy Turbo, who's 35%. Then Latrell at 15. So still a fair amount of people are still going with Latrell. Mm-hmm. And then we're down to 7% Scott Drinkwater. So there's three big options there. And most people, 42 and 35% uh, Teddy and Turbo. So that's the that's the... I guess, most common duo. Not much wiggle room for me come next Tuesday if I'm going to stick with this sort of team. Just 5000 in the bank. And, of course, the new team, proudly brought to you this year by the Dolphins themselves, Fins and Tins. That, that'll be my weekend. Supercoach, 
watching the Dolphins and having a few beers. So a little bit more relaxing <laughs> when it comes to Supercoach. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything better than watching your team concede four tries in 15 minutes. Um, well, I feel like you've taken that approach to your team. I'm a bit more relaxed and just following your gut. You know, players like Brimson, Dearden, yeah. Suali, Mar- Marzu, like players that I don't think you have a lot of pods by the looks mm. of it. And I don't know, it's probably going to make the game funner for you. You can just cheer on these blokes. And if they go big, you're going to be looking at some really good weeks. Looking forward to it. I'm almost keen to just, you know, like you sort of say there, just have a bit of fun with it. Like it's a game. I think last last year there's different periods, especially at the start of the year, like you try and think too hard and stack the roosters this week and trade them out. I just No, just pick the players you want to sit back and watch. So yeah, that's the way I'm going with it this year. Fins and tins. Uh, we'll be checking in on uh, your team and mine this time next week. Uh, after the team list drop. Okay, now those who are watching on YouTube may have got a little sneak peek there of where we're going to next because I pressed the wrong button. But those listeners, forget I even said anything. We're going to do our top 10 draft, Tommy. You and I, we have our draft this weekend um, and plenty of questions around that we've been copying this week on the Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter and such about how do we rank them? How do we stack them up leading into the weekend's draft and... You and I, we didn't, uh, we didn't even put our heads together on this. We sort of came up with these lists ourselves. Um, again, I'll let you take the floor here as I'm going to throw your team up on your screens here. Tommy's draft top 10. Read us through the top 10, 1 to 10. Yep, so Nico Hines, Pips, Nathan Cleary. Then we've got the fullbacks, Teddy, Turbo, Latrell. Then Cam Munster and Grant. I'm reading out yours, but anyway, I'll go. <laughs> Mine is well, very similar. Well, this is, Hines, this is production 101, yeah, isn't it? Great television, folks. Uh, Hines, Cleary, Turbo, Teddy, Latrell, so very similar there. Munster, Grant, uh, Manu, Holmes, and Moses are my last three. I think you could be the first seven kind of pick themselves, and I reckon people would agree with that, but the last three you can get pretty creative with. That's the thing, though, isn't it? And I forgive you for reading out mine because it, it is near identical. That's sort of what I said. We didn't put our heads together. We just put the 10 on, on, or at least the top six, seven even, picked themselves, you'd think. So Nico Hines, to recap, Tommy's, uh, Tommy's top 10 draft. Nico Hines goes first. Why Hines over Cleary? Just quickly, it's a couple of those talking points. Just think Hines is going to hit the ground running a little bit more. I love his trials. He's so the heart and soul of that team. I don't know. I just feel like I'm going to miss him more than Cleary. Cleary's amazing, obviously. He's still second pick, but I just yep. just like Hines more. Okay, so I uh, I had Tedesco at three, and you'll see that in a minute, but you've gone Travojevic three, Tedesco four. It's probably six of one, half a dozen the other. I went Teddy purely out of the consistency, but you've gone Turbo, the upside of picking Turbo at three. He would have been pick one this time last year, so you're getting value from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, Teddy is more reliable, definitely, but Turbo, what, averaged 100 and something two years ago. Obviously, 2021 was an odd year, but he's still one of the best players in the game, so I, I think he deserves third. Okay. Um, if you haven't watched that documentary about Turbo going to the US, part one, you can find it on YouTube. Just type, uh, type in Manly Seagulls. And Captain America himself, um, Bill Knowles, he says, you want to be the best rugby player the best rugby player is the player who plays rugby. I think he just means the best player who's available is a player who's available. You know what I mean? Like, so getting Turbo available, that will that would take him uh, above Teddy. Latrell at five. Now, we're obviously doing this draft thinking that the grand final has Latrell out. So I think that's why he's down that far. Yeah, out I think so. Buys, oh, that, that round 26 yeah, by. Yeah, and then South's um, draw, I think we've said, especially early, it looks real tough. 
And you kind of want to get off to a fast start in draft and, and classic as well. So mm. he's dropped to five. Yeah, Munster and Grant, a bit of storm flavor. I have Munster just a bit higher than Grant due to that higher ceiling. Okay, and then obviously Manu, Holmes, a couple of center wing options there. And Mitch Moses at 10, interesting. And it could be a whole heap of players by that point. And Moses, you're just going the halfback route. You, you pick the next best. Yeah, I like those two CTWs, Manu Holmes. You could almost go Holmes Manu. I, I don't really know, to be honest. Um, they have both have great ceilings. And then Moses, yeah, look, I think a lot of people, including myself, are almost riding off the eels. But, you know, a goal-kicking halfback who last year I think averaged over 70, mm-hmm. I think he probably deserves to be top 10. Okay, I'm going to throw mine up here now as it is uh, at the moment. My top 10... I agree with you on the top two. I have Nico Hines just edging out Nathan Cleary. Isn't that phenomenal? Like this time last year or two years ago, Nico Hines was in the waivers at the end of a 16-man draft. Like now he's the first draft pick. Uh, Nathan Cleary, two. James Tedesco, three. Tom Travojevic, get it out. Tom Travojevic at four. Latrell at five. If Latrell's not having a buy in the grand final, I could probably take him in the top three. I think that buy hurts him round 26. Munster, 6. Harry Grant, 7. Now, this is where we differ, isn't it? You've gone uh, Manu at 8. I've gone Ruben Garrick. Mm. Much like the thinking of the value you're getting from Turbo at 3. I think there's value there even at 8 for Garrick because you know that they're one and the same. Uh, and even if Turbo gets injured, Garrick's going to go to fullback. So I love... Uh, is he, though? I think he will. I think he will. Why would he change? Tell well, it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, Ruben Garrick at eight for mine. Isaiah Papali'i. Now, this is a little bit of those ones. I don't love it, but he's got runs on the board now. This time last year, it was would he back it up? He, he certainly backed it up. Uh, the, the lack of dual position hurts him only just, and at pick 10, I've gone Valentine home. So uh, we're pretty close there, you and I, and uh, all eyes on that come our draft on Friday night. Yeah, look, I mean, Garrick is someone I... I always just overlook him. I don't really know why, to be yeah. honest. Uh, he's a great goal kicker. I suppose he's a bit reliant on turbo, but like you're saying there, he's a chance to go to fullback anyway. So I do understand what you're saying. Papali, for me, the only reason I didn't have him there was I'm just a bit scared going to the Tigers, even though we, we kind of rate the Tigers a bit higher this year. Yeah. I don't really know how they're actually going to go. So got to wait and see for me. And then Hughes and Holmes, as I said, I like Holmes and Hughes, probably the next best halfback, or him or Moses. So, yeah, look, um, we both have very similar top sevens, basically the same, but then like we said, it can get it opens up a bit. Yeah, so you you put this on me. You said, mate, you caught me splinters last week. You can't sit on the fence and have Hughes or Holmes. And you know what? You could even throw Cam Murray into this mix at 10. Um, yeah. I haven't got Joey Manu there. You could have Manu at 10. This is purely subjective. This is how I would probably rank them on, on draft day. So... Uh, Hughes narrowly beaten out by Holmes, but if you went the other way, I, I wouldn't hate it either. Okay, um, good luck to anyone and everyone who's having their drafts this weekend. Have a couple of beers, ease yourself into it, but not too many because you don't want to be blind, can't pick six and, and seven because, look, you won't win a draft in February, but you can certainly lose a draft competition in February if, if things just get a little bit loose. And those who, if you're listening or watching this and you've never played draft, I would highly consider it. If you love Supercoach and you watch every game every week and you know all the players, like draft's the game for you. Um, everyone has a different player. You're the only person who has that player. It just It's a new 
it's a new element. It's so competitive. So get around it. Speaking of draft, the perfect segue here into our listener Q and A's to wrap us up here tonight. Mitch Musket, friend of the show, massive Seagulls fan. We had our work draft today. He's in that. He took Turbo at pick one. So again, this just shows you not everyone thinks the same about draft, and that's what's the beauty of it. Mitchy Musket says here Schuster is out for round one, boys. Uh, is it worth drafting Cooper Johns or Gordon Chan Kam Tong in the late rounds? Of course, I forgot Cooper Johns. I, I had KL yeah. Weeks going to six, but Cooper, he was good in a couple of trials. He was good um, in that in that trial. I agree. I thought Gordon Chan Kam Tong, after he used to saying that name, he was good also the other night. So, yeah, they have options. If you can work out which one it is, maybe you could even draft both and then just get rid of whoever isn't named. Yeah. Be active on your free agents and your waivers. Uh, if you get any news between draft day and uh, whenever the team has come out Tuesday, of course. Simon Grunstein, another one of uh, our loyal listeners here, says, The Knights back five, Roosters forward pack. The new jewels are they must have. I've got no idea what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> the Knights back five. Who's... I think it's just talking points. So, oh, right. Why? I think maybe Marzu could be what he's talking about, and Bradman Best. Yeah. Just back on Marzu, just quickly. One thing I did want to mention also, Ponga is great down that left side. So he's, having he's Ponga, okay. he's okay. Okay, well I know you don't like Ponga, but I think he's pretty good down that left side. So if he's throwing cutouts to Marzu, it's another uh, another reason to have him. Uh, yeah, I'd rather have Marju um, than anyone else. I think Best, look, he looked okay. He looks a bit tr- uh, more trim than he has in recent seasons, and we know what he can do when he's fit. Um, Marju, yeah. Uh, Roosters forward pack, what's he talking about there? Um, the makeup. Egan Putcher? Yeah, well, he, okay, is, yeah. What's going to go with Brighton? Do we know? Is he going to play? Oh, I've got no idea. Um, mm-hmm. Egan, yeah, he's looked good the last couple of weeks. I think Nat is about 100K more on Supercoach. I love Matt Lodge. I think you and I both have loved Matt Lodge on Supercoach at different stages in our draft careers um new jewels must have i think we sort of landed on on that earlier taruva it would be a must have um if he gets that start round two and uh, i've obviously got kepi there at uh, my backup front row so i'm happy for him to get a dual option as well yeah probably taruva was the one that stood out for me yeah okay move on um speaking of draft mitch is back with the second one and it's funny he asked this what's the best draft strategy is it the best player on the card or fill from your positions so, for example, if you've already got Turbo at pick one and it gets back yep. to, you know, uh, pick 20, say, and um, Ryan Pappenhausen may be a bad example, but say uh, Scotty Drinkwater is still there at pick 20. Are you, pay, are you taking Drinky and then trading him later? It's funny you ask me this because last year, great example, I took uh, Latrell in the draft and then it got back to me again. And even though I had a great fullback, Clint Gutherson was still there and yeah. I went Gutho. And I really regretted that because it didn't really come in handy that often. It was very hard to trade him. So I would consider once you have, obviously your first draft pick is the best player out there. But after that, you've got to think about the positions you've filled already. Speaking of great fullbacks on draft day, Alex Briggo says, where do we draft Ryan Pappenhausen now? Look, mm, how much of a risk are you question. willing to take? Yeah, look, if it's a deep league, like if it's a 16-person uh, league and you're a pick one, do you take Paps at pick 32? Um, or if you're, you know, no. conventionally, even if you're at pick 16, do you think, hey, okay, I'm probably not going to win from here if we're playing a captain's league. Let's just take Paps at 17 and hope 
hope for the best. Hope he comes back and you've got a, essentially a top four pick at pick 17. Well, that's the thing. He, he's a guy that can win you a comp on his day, but you're just going to have to sit there for a long time without him. So, look, personally, I'm not going to go to him. I feel like he'll probably go midway through that second round. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it'll be very, probably the most interesting part of the draft. I think that's the way I'd play it. If you're towards the, the top of the snake, you're probably waiting till uh, round three, like at the very earliest. If you're at the back of the snake in there, as I sort of, so, sort of said there, a big league, he's probably not getting back to your third pick around 40-something, so maybe run the risk. Uh, Alex Woolbank has filled up the DMs here. Um, great to have you here, Alex. Uh, where would we be without you? Uh, he says, I have the third pick in draft. Who would you take? So I've said Teddy and you've gone turbo. We've already answered that. Uh, yep. Thoughts on Ola Kawatu, says Alex. Yeah, he was another one similar to Alungi the other night, and he's more proven than Tuolungi, and Manly looked good. He combines well with DCE. Um, I went to Carrigan today, but I could easily went to Ola Kawatu instead. They're a similar price. A uh, couple here about Sunia Taruva. We've, we've sort of touched on him already. Carlin Hodges says, could Kalma Tuolangi, speaking of Manly back rowers, could Kalma Tuolangi be a smoky on that left edge for Manly? Uh, and is he worth it after round two? So Manly have that mm. game against the Dogs round one at Brookie. I think that game sets up nicely for Manly. Round two, a bye. At the price, though, like, he's, he's more expensive than you'd think. He's about, he's 400 plus. I know that. So, Suddenly, you're getting into Teague Wilton territory, and I'd probably prefer to go Teague. Yeah, I'm probably saying no, not because I don't rate him, but just the price. I, I was hoping coming into the year he'd be really cheap, but he's 426 mm-hmm. with a buy in round two. So, I don't know. It's hard to get him at the start, maybe after the buy, but yeah, probably not. Yeah, I even looked at getting Garrick, and I, I sort of thought, I can't have Garrick and Turbo there, 1.2 mil plus sitting there round two doing nothing. Like, it's too early to throw yeah. those sort of points away. So you could even say the same there uh, for Kelma, and it's it's a shame because I think he probably could have done great things, and now Schuster's out as well. So things are just a little bit shaky there at Manly. Uh, Alex Woolbank says here, uh, I have the third pick in the draft, but who would you take and what position for second and third pick? So he's thinking... Uh, the snake on the way back. You're probably looking, uh, uh-huh. say it's a 10-man league, what would you be getting close to there? Uh, pick 17 and probably pick 23 or thereabouts. Um, so, yeah, sort of late round two, early round three, where, where are we going there? It's it's hard to know by that stage, but I would probably just say maybe try to fill the positions where there isn't a lot of elite players, so halfback and fullback perhaps. Um there's probably going to be slim pickings by that stage of elite halfbacks and fullbacks. So maybe try that because there's going to be heaps of second rowers and forwards out there. Okay, uh, one more here to wrap us up before we finish off. Blake Moore, Blake, Blake's Brushworks. Yes or no? He says, yeah or no. Uh, Cleary ice in my veins. I'm all for it. I love the confidence. People come to the, watch the Chicago Bulls. They come to watch Michael Jordan. Yeah, no, look, fair enough. I, I don't disagree with the whole confidence and arrogance of the Panthers. It's working for them, clearly. But uh, I won't be doing these ones when I pick the best team on draft night. You won't, because you don't often pick the best team. Ryan and Tommy here, Supercoast 365 Podcast. Rounding out another week, same place, same time next week. Teamless Tuesday, stick with us. It's going to be a massive episode then. <laughs>